0: Hi. Um, Today, I'd like to talk a little bit about something called pet theories. Uh, And again, this might be something that's maybe more interesting to, you know, therapists or counselors, helping professionals. But the reality is, is that this is a a concept, I think, that could be really helpful to anybody who has a relationship with anybody. I mean, you know, a friendship. Uh, Certainly, if you're in a more intimate relationship like a marriage or a a life partnership, I think that this is probably a topic that could be useful. Um, Because, I mean, we're talking about pet theories, but on on some level, what we're doing is we're talking about mutual respect and assumptions and and things like that. So, uh, which tend to not – well, assumptions tend to not be helpful, and mutual respect is really helpful in relationships. So, uh, let me – talk to you about what a pet theory looks like in a psychotherapeutic context and then we can uh, apply that more broadly. So therapists, and I include myself in this, we have this tendency, okay, we've got this training and we do, I would say that therapists uh, disproportionately um, have really good intuition about people. And that's a that's a wonderful trait and a, and a meaningful skill that we can use to really help. To help folks so I don't want to be negative about that but sometimes what that does is that it makes us vulnerable to pet theories and so a pet theory okay if you think about a pet it's mine I love it it's uh, it belongs to me and it's very precious to me and so what happens is I don't know we've got somebody telling us uh, about their life and then we like boom uh, The light bulb goes off and we say, "Oh, I've got this idea. I think this might be what's going on." And then we get get, very—we have this tendency to get very attached to this idea, okay? And so now it's our little pet, okay? And we protect it at at all costs. And so we—we get, yeah, we get attached to it. And then you know, kind of no matter what our client says, we say, "Yeah, but this," and "Yeah, but this," and "Yeah, but this," and we keep going back uh, to it. And Part of the trouble with this, right, is um, cognitive psychologists have uh, studied this thing for a long time and social social psychologists have studied confirmation bias. And that's something I mean, you could learn about that with a quick Google search. But basically, the idea is this, is that once you think something is true, uh, you, you tend to ignore information that disconfirms your belief. And give inordinate amounts of attention to the things that confirm your belief. Okay, so, I don't know, you're, uh, I don't know, you're, um, we can talk about politics some other time, but, you know, there's like, you're of this political persuasion, well, guess what news stories you're going to end up really reading and and giving credence to, and guess which news stories you're going to ignore, or just not even, not even read, and this is where maybe social media algorithms are not (laughs) So they've they've amplified our confirmation bias in, in a sense, and that's that's not good. Um, but look, it's a natural thing. So I don't think we need to be unkind to ourselves if we're engaging in confirmation bias, but we need to know that we're doing it, and we need to take responsibility for that. So let's say, hypothetically, that I've got a client, and they come to me, and I'm listening to them, and I say, oh, you know what? Um, let's say I'm seeing a couple, and I say, you know, I don't think that this husband actually wants to be in the relationship. I think he's, what it feels like to me is that he's kind of checking a box, uh, by coming. And so that, uh, so therapy is the thing that he kind of does so that he can say his own guilt about wanting a divorce so that when he files for a divorce, inevitably he can say to himself, ah, but I tried everything. um, And this, by the way, this is like something that totally happens. This happens all the time. Um, So that's not like a crazy theory to have. Um, But let's say that I make it a pet. Okay, It's not a hypothesis that I have that I'm willing to engage in in some kind of scientific way. It's my pet. It's precious to me. I'm attached to it. Well, the problem with this, right, is that now I've put myself in a position where I am the expert on the client. And so, um, r- rather than the client being the expert on the client, and so the trouble with this is that then maybe I turn off, I turn off my ears, and I don't really listen well, and I I do I do confirmation bias stuff where I shut out information. You know, maybe the maybe this husband they're really actually trying, they're making a good faith effort, and I refuse to see it because uh, I've got my little pet theory that I have to protect. It says, I'm right. I already know what's going on. My intuition is so uh, spectacular that I already know what's going on. And so I don't need any more information. Okay, now, look, there's a there's a lot of problems that are nestled down in here, but I want to really zero in on what, to me, is the primary problem. And that is that when we have a pet theory, we lack mutual respect. We do not have respect for our client and... Um, And their own expertise on themselves we deny them the opportunity to in any kind of effective way speak for themselves Um, but I'd also add this into the equation that it's actually also a lack of self-respect because what it's saying to me is well uh, if your intuition is wrong if you're if we treat this as a hypothesis that could be true um, but it might not be true if it turned out that your hypothesis is not true. Um, wouldn't that be awful? Wouldn't that be so terrible? And then maybe you're not worth your salt, and you're no good. And so there's no courage to be imperfect as a as a therapist. There, there's no room for us to be wrong, and um, and this this is no good. This sets up a, a yucky dynamic, really, both for client, which is to me to me that's most important because of the roles of therapist and client. Um, but really, also for the therapist, this is no good to be a person who uh, there's no room for them to be wrong about anything or for their intuition to be off. Um, that's so much pressure to put on yourself and um, can get really easily discouraging. Because, I mean, one of the things that I've learned, I, I really have a, a great deal of confidence in my intuition. I think a lot of the guesses that I make with clients are right. And I, I don't want to deny myself that uh, you know that power and that confidence, um, but I get things wrong a lot, and I think that I think what I've come to learn—I should say—I am still learning. I'm still learning this. Is that there is great power in being wrong um, with a client for one thing, and this I learned this from my friend and mentor Frank Walton. He he always said it's a great thing if you're wrong about a client because it then it offers them this very specific opportunity to correct you and um, sometimes they ne- actually need to correct you in order to articulate something that maybe they wouldn't be able to um, if you hadn't said something that was untrue or, or checked it out with them. Um, so, so that's, a, uh, I think, a really powerful thing just from a, even like a content level of what's going on in psychotherapy. But then I would say beyond that, there's the added benefit of modeling to a client. There is room in this environment to be wrong. There is room to be imperfect. And the world is not going to come apart as it seems. It, it uh, demonstrates in a very behavioral way. Uh, equality between me and a client and that puts them a little bit at ease I get to avoid power struggle with client I um, and all these things are very like they grease the wheels of psychotherapy really really well so um, I want to talk about what this looks like a little bit therapeutically and then I also want to maybe talk just very very briefly about what this would look like outside of a therapeutic environment um, so this again is from my friend and mentor frank walton um he taught me the power of the words could it be this is a great way to make a guess you know so i could look at that husband maybe i have this intuition and and at a moment and this is always a thing with insight we talked about timing tact and dosage so there's a right and a wrong time to make this kind of a statement. I want to make that clear. We don't pack this on top of a bunch of other, you know, confrontational, whether it's mild confrontation or not. We don't pack it on top of a bunch of other confrontation. Um, you know, and, and we do this in a tactful way, and I think, I think this is tactful language, but I could look at that husband and say, you know, could it be that maybe you don't really want to be married to her anymore? Um, like, I mean, maybe, maybe you don't, um, could it be that you, you're coming here in order to, this is maybe the last nail on the coffin for you and, and it won't, it wouldn't sit right with you if you were to take the step that you want to take without coming and doing this. What do you think? And look, sometimes you'll make these guesses. And if you're right, you'll get some kind of recognition reflex, sometimes a smile. Or uh, depending on you know what this is, but sometimes tears, sometimes silence, sometimes they'll look at the floor. But a client will tell you you know with their body language whether or not you're in the in the zip code. Um, sometimes also they'll get this look on their face like what the hell are you talking about? And you know why would you say that about me? And sometimes you know sometimes it doesn't sit right with them that that's the guess that I've made. But then I have the opportunity to say, OK, I, I see that I, I was maybe a bit off in that in that guess. It sounds like I have some more listening to do. It sounds like I have more learning to do. And then we can move forward. And um, and look, uh, have I ever had a client say, no, you're wrong about that. And it turns out, you know, 10 sessions later or whatever that mm, actually my, intu- <laughs> you know, my intuition was good. Yeah, sure, but I can be patient with that process. If they're not ready to accept some level of truth, okay. I, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to make them more ready to accept that by hammering it down their throats. And this is where I, I come. would kind of like to pivot towards just general relationships, friendships, marriages, partnerships, whatever. Um, certainly, uh, business relationships as well. You know, with coworkers, but. I think just those words you know could it be and then you lay out you lay out a guess could it be that this is what's going on and then you watch and you listen really carefully and uh look if you're wrong you're wrong and maybe you get some more information where you know maybe a spouse can say no i it's not that i wasn't thinking about you it's that i was juggling these other things and I thought about you, and I made a decision that was—it seemed to be what was best. But I see that that was a tough choice. That was hard for you that I made that choice. I think I was just—I uh, think I was a little bit panicked. It's not that I didn't care. Okay, well, good. Then you get to clear that up, and, and and that's helpful. But then you know maybe you're right, and and but you've you've rather than shoving an insight down their throat of like. How dare you do this to me? You know you've done X, Y, and Z. Oh, you shamed me when you uh, started. You know when you came in the kitchen and started. You know cleaning up. Uh, you that you, you were shaming me uh, by showing me how awful I am uh, because I'm I'm messy. Well, you no, know, could it be that maybe you're a bit upset with me about how messy things are and that. Maybe you're kind of trying to show me, Um, you know, you're, you're really showing me. Um, Is that what you're up to? And then maybe they say yes, and maybe they don't, but either way, it allows you to, let's say, trust your intuition, but you trust it as it is, which is just that it's, it's just intuition and that's not nothing, but it's also not everything. We are not psychics. I do not have a crystal ball, okay? I've got lots of psychotherapeutic training, and I do. have really good intuitive skills, but I am not a psychic. I don't know what's going on, and I need to check that out. I I have really good guesses, and uh, sometimes those guesses, even if they are wrong, they are good guesses because they move us down the line of clarity. So, um, you know, this is certainly true for therapists, but this is also just true of people in relationships I would ask all of us I would myself included I would invite all of us to come out of pet theories and to move into a more mutually respectful way of gathering information and um, relating to our own intuition so thanks so much for listening I hope this was helpful